I've always been skeptical in regards to um, neurological uh, perspective on on psychology, meaning that let's take uh, the brain, the mind, in isolation, learn its parts, and from there build a picture of how to understand human behavior and um, our nature fundamentally and the cure of our many mental diseases or confusions. I was skeptical because whenever you isolate something, you put it at the risk of removing its embedded um, nature in, in a bigger structure. For example, you don't want to talk about one particular family member in, in, in an, an entire family structure if you're trying to take care of the different parts of the family. In psychology, you're trying to see things at the grandest scale possible in order to find the grandest solutions of our human experience, our subjective experience. If that's the case, then you isolating the mind in a very rigid scientific manner where you're breaking its parts and understanding its components with rigorous study there's the risk of getting stuck thinking that that is the subjective experience when it's surely just a component and arguably a small component when we're done the analysis because our our nature our nature is so limited our knowledge of our nature is so limited that to to say that our study of the mind with neural imaging is is suffice to give us any sort of real picture it's just it's just too too much of a leap so i found it i found it to be uh somewhat of a unhealthy endeavor because of that aspect because of the isolation of of the mind as as some sort of organ that we could analyze and just overcome its obstacles that being said it's surely not something not to study meaning if something offers information and we could benefit from it and it could give us something more than what we have then surely we should be available to receive it now always the question is even if it's good intellectual information what is the what is it slack what is it what are what are we costing by pursuing it for example Pursuing uh, uh, evolutionary um, theories, right? There's a lot of good intellectual information there, but what what's the cost 
you know, what is our, what is our, what is our cost? What are we, what are we paying for such information? And that should always be um, questioned when we pursue information, because if not, we get stuck in, in a loop where the information becomes our enemies and becomes the the places we don't want to go. Now, if we want to go to a place of understanding our human nature in a more expansive manner, then we surely don't want to do things that cost that. That being said, I've changed my mind recently, um, and I found I found the the human brain to be a great place of study. Grant only that it produces a frame for something bigger than just some sort of scientific endeavor. So, for example, I'm not an ex- expert at this, just from the, the simple study of it, the prefrontal cortex as a, as a, as a component of our brains that could give us insight into our psychology in a way that opens up something more than just that organ in our skull. Meaning to say that if you understand the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere in a in a manner where it serves as a frame and I use this frame in quotations it serves as a frame to open up um, the doorway to understanding this dualism of this this hypocrisy in our own minds of wanting you know, the detailed manner of things and the generality of things, then surely that's a great endeavor. The problem is, and let's go back to the problem, when we go to the mind in an isolated manner where we're talking about the right and left hemisphere in a a rigorous scientific manner, of which I'm not an expert in, what could end up happening is that we don't use it as a frame for something bigger than itself. We don't see the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere in some sort of deep part of our subjective experience, but rather um, something that that's worthy of study as an organ. Then we lose the we lose the benefit of getting that expansiveness that we're looking for, that hopefully we're seeking. Not that we can't learn from isolated information, but the cost of someone who seeks this at a very scientific level is that they don't get to frame it like someone who is not looking for the obsessive details Recognizing that there is, it's just to serve a larger purpose of entering a subjective 
understanding of our human condition. So, for me, the my frame of that that neurological study is the is the prefrontal cortex and the parietal cortex. Now, I will explain how it frames it in in my life. That is that. The prefrontal is this executive space that wants to frame the world and get a grasp on everything and sort of like master over the the mind and body. And I see it slack. It it doesn't give us that experience of just the simplistic manner of nature. It wants to just tell us how things are. And every time we glance at something, we're looking through that frame. Sort of like the prefrontal cortex is the obsession to frame things without choosing to frame things in another manner. So... I would like to call it the obsession of the prefrontal where we need to grasp everything. It's a sort of control. And the cost of that obsession of the prefrontal is that we don't get the the subtle experience in objective, non-frame manner. We don't get the opportunity to reframe because... We're obsessed with our previous, our predecessing frames that 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 govern how we live. But the idea of the parietal cortex, and again, I'm not speaking in some scientific manner. I'm just using a small drop of science to serve as a frame for something larger. that the parietal cortex is just as is, the body as is, the, the visual arena as is, without a frame, just to see, just to attend, just to be present. Now again, we enter another zone of, of mind that I've been highly critical, but I'm finding some meaning towards, in the right perspective, which is meditation, because we're talking about attending and meditation and and most serious analysis usually ends up to be some sort of attending of the subjective experience, arguably each in its own method. But my criticism of meditation was always that you end up isolating once again. And the cost of isolation is losing the the grander perspective. So, for example, if a method of meditation is to pay attention to the breathing, 
then does that mean that we stop paying attention to our feet or our arms or our minds or our ideas? There's so much to attend to, then why are we choosing breath? Or if we say meditate for an hour a day, oh, so we should meditate, we should attend only for an hour a day? Well, when you argue, no, I will use that hour to teach every other part of my day. So why don't I just recommend to attend to the entire day? Well, that's too difficult. Well, you'll try. You're not going to be able to do the entire day. Nobody can. We don't want to use the parietal cortex all the time. We're not going to be able to function in a very um, normal manner. And those who are stuck, and there are not many that are stuck in the parietal cortex, is those people that are truly expressive and are stuck in the subtleties and they have no direction because they're they're in the experience so they're they're never willing to break that experience to learn and when i say learn i'm talking about the billions of people before us that have taught us some ideas that are worthy of recognition they're not ready to learn because to learn, you must break that attending to become the learned ideas to attend to that. So there's a crit critique there, but back to my critique on meditation. The problem with meditation is, again, the isolation that might not, because of its isolation, lead to a grander, more subjective experience of some sort of infinity that we're striving for. Because the second we make it finite, we're stuck missing the pieces outside of that finite that could offer real understanding and healthy growth. So... I did say that I've changed my critique on meditation because it does serve as a frame to the idea that attending to our experience is super important as we just discussed because if we don't attend, the cost is that we are just repeating our day in the same manner. For example, if a person is on the way to work, like they've done a thousand times before, and they're obsessed in the prefrontal arena, then for them, the traffic has the same perspective. The, the pedal feels the same. The wheel Everything is similar. It has a frame already. The frustration is even the same. There's no change in the experience because it's already controlled by the prefrontal to be seen as such. Quite difficult would be to let go of that obsession and to re-experience each 
commute in a completely new manner of just attending to its components. That is that is the goal here. Now we could we could go again to the the parties that are obsessed with the parietal cortex in that they don't they don't want anybody to tell them how to be because to be is to be and as such there's nothing more that they need to know which is is deep and true all we need to know is already in our subjective experience but that is not that is not going to get us to um a deeper place in our subjective experience because we just don't don't have the knowledge of its parts for example if we have a western influence in our subjective experience yet we don't understand the core principles in a deep study of the western um evolution then we just don't understand how we are experiencing the western influence now we could sit here and meditate for 24 hours on what that influences and how that makes us feel but we won't get the the transcript that's as specific and clear as if we just studied the components that are bringing that influence onto us Another example would be in visitation of our earliest frames of our life, our childhood, without the objective study by in conversation and in other um, areas of study of our of our childhood and just to sit and meditate on it in our own experience it will not have the the clarity that a simple conversation with someone would bear it won't bring us to that information because of the fact that the subjective experience doesn't offer all its information in clear form now let's say the I would I would say that the East would serve would serve that idea of that everything that we need to know is within us. It's true, but it's not true. First of all, it is also a, quite arrogant because what, what what's being said is that although billions of people have built an uh a vastness of intellectual understandings all that and exper- through experience and through and through true knowledge they've those don't matter to my subjective experience but rather i can trust my subjective experience for the final and full analysis of all that i need to know the cost is 
that we don't we don't get that full information. We don't get that story. Although we might feel in a deep, deep way the truth of components of ourself, we won't have the the clarity and the seriousness to be able to just govern and and delegate that information well unless we truly sit and study. But again, I don't think this is our societal problem. I think the opposite is true where we need to attend and become. But I don't want to say to not to let go of that new information and just attend thinking that that's all we are, which in its true nature we are all that we are only that we are the subjective experience but that we do need um, to outsource our intellectual understandings in many different traditions that serve that purpose and to worry that you can't trust that information because it's not true to the subjective experience is not being honest with the fact that our subjective experience is just an offspring of all that in a fundamental way. So, taking neuroscience, for me that's the prefrontal and the uh, parietal, taking that, some people, it's the left hemisphere, right hemisphere, taking that and embedding it in a in a frame where it serves to teach us something bigger than just the isolated study of the mind for example the obsession of the prefrontal to have just frames of mind versus the parietal of just attending of being present in it would serve great purposes and I highly recommend neuroscience in that in that approach, as I do for meditation. So I guess that's all I have to say.